Greetings, friends. Welcome back to the broadcast. I'm Sean. Website can be found at scriptureandprophecy.com. That's where you go to find the archives. That's where you go to support this mission of truth. And just a reminder, this podcast is 100% listener-supported. So if you're being blessed through this, please consider supporting the mission. Today we are looking to start our week with some wisdom and some encouragement from the Psalms and from the Proverbs. We're looking at Psalm 87 and 88 today along with Proverbs 12. Now Psalm 87 is actually really short. I'm just going to go ahead and read it right now. And then we're going to focus in on Psalm 88 for this morning. So here's Psalm 87. It's a psalm or a song of the sons of Korah. Seven short verses here. Here's what it says. His foundation is in the holy mountains. The Lord loveth the gates of Zion more than all the dwellings of Jacob. Glorious things are spoken of thee, O city of God, Selah. I will make mention of Rahab and Babylon to them that know me. Behold, Philistia and Tyre and Ethiopia, this man was born there. And of Zion it shall be said, This and that man was born in her, and the highest himself shall establish her. The Lord shall count when he writeth up all the people that this man was born there, Selah, as well as the singers and players on instruments shall be there. All my springs are in thee. So that's Psalm 87. Psalm 88 is what you would call a ominous psalm. It's a petition of the writer to be saved from death. And the psalmist is lamenting and he's wrestling with his faith and he's seeking comfort from God. Now, many psalms will there'll be the complaint of the psalmist or the issue that the psalmist is dealing with and it'll end with faith, right? Or it'll end with promise. Not so with this one. This one is just lamentation through and through. Let me read a little bit of commentary from Matthew Henry on it before we get started. Here's what he says. He says the first words of the psalmist are the only words of comfort in this psalm. And just so you know, the very first line is, O Lord, the God of my salvation. That's the only positive thing said. Uh, Matthew Henry goes on to say, Thus greatly may good men be afflicted. And such dismal thoughts may they have about their afflictions. And such dark conclusions may they, may they make about their end. Through the power of melancholy and the weakness of faith. He complained most of God's displeasure. Even the children of God's love may sometimes think themselves children of wrath. And no outward trouble can be so hard upon them as that. Probably the Psalms described his own case. Yet he leads to Christ. Thus are we called to look unto Jesus wounded and bruised for our iniquities. But the wrath of God is poured out poured the greatest bitterness into his cup. This weighed him down into darkness and into the deep. So with that outline, let's have a song, let's have a look at Psalm 88. 
and may it speak to us this morning. Verse 1. O Lord God of my salvation, I have cried day and night before thee. Let my prayer come before thee, incline thy ears unto my cry. For my soul is full of troubles, and my life draweth nigh unto the grave. I am counted with them that go down into the pit. I am as a man that hath no strength. Free among the dead, like the slain that lie in the grave, whom thou rememberest no more, and they are cut off from thy hand. Thou hast laid me in the lowest pit, in darkness, in the deeps. Thy wrath lieth hard upon me, and thou hast afflicted me with all thy waves. Selah. Thou hast put away my acquaintances from me. Thou hast made me an abomination unto them. I am shut up and cannot come forth. My eye mourneth by reason of affliction. Lord, I have called daily upon thee. I have stretched out my hands unto thee. Will thou show wonders to the dead? Shall the dead arise and praise thee? Shall thy loving kindness be declared in the grave, or thy faithfulness in destruction? Now please note, I think this is something we can all relate to. The psalmist is saying, why are you allowing me, why are you allowing this to happen to me, or why are you doing this to me? Like, what benefit is it for you or for your kingdom? For can can you be praised from the grave? Is what he's saying. Have you ever wondered why, or run into circumstances like that, and you're like, why is God doing this? Like, what is or allowing this? Like, what benefit is there to him or to the kingdom or to anything? This just seems like meaningless despair, fruitless pain. That's what the psalmist is saying. Like, why? What good is this for you? Will you show wonders to the dead? Shall the dead arise and praise thee? Shall thy loving kindness be declared from the grave or thy faithfulness and destruction? Verse 12 or verse 13. No, verse 12. Shall thy wonders be known in the dark? and thy righteousness in the land of forgetfulness. He's saying, if I'm dead, what? how is that any good? He must be somebody who thinks of himself as someone who praises God, who speaks kindly of God. He's like, I'm in the grave, you know? Verse 13, But unto thee I have cried, O Lord, and in the morning shall my prayer prevent thee. Lord, why castest thou off my soul? Why hidest thou thy face from me? I am afflicted and ready to die from my youth up. While I suffer thy terrors, I am distracted. Thy fierce wrath goeth over me. Thy terrors have cut me off. They came round about me daily like water. They compassed me about together. Lover and friend hast thou put far from me and my acquaintances into darkness. And that is how the psalm ends. Not a lot of encouragement from the psalm this morning. 
But sometimes this is our reality. And even the godliest of men sometimes find themselves in despair and in confusion, wondering why. Let's move on and let's see if we can find some wisdom to start our week this morning from the Proverbs chapter 12. Proverbs chapter 12 is just another continuation of that contrast of wickedness, of wisdom and foolishness. Let's see what it has to say for us this morning. Whoso loveth instruction, loveth knowledge, but he that hateth reproof is brutish. A good man attaineth favor of the Lord, but a man of wicked devices will he condemn. A man shall not be established by wickedness, but by the root of the righteousness shall not be moved. A virtuous woman is a crown to her husband. She that maketh ashamed is a rottenness in his bones. The thoughts of the righteous are right, but the counsels of the wicked are deceit. The words of the wicked are to lie and wait for blood, but the mouth of the upright shall deliver them. Listen, we don't, if you're paying any attention at all to the wicked people in high places, you know that this is all they do. Their native tongue is to lie. They are incapable of truth. They are incapable of righteousness. But the mouth of the upright shall deliver him. The wicked are overthrown and are not, but the house of the righteous shall stand. A man shall be condemned according to his wisdom, but he that is of perverse heart shall be despised. He that is despised and hath a servant is better than he that is honoreth himself and lacketh bread. <laughs> that's a basic truth that's just true, not necessarily good or bad, right? Like, it's better to be despised and have a servant than to be honored but have nothing to eat, right? Verse 10, a righteous man regardeth the life of his beast, but the tender mercies of the wicked are cruel. <laughs> what it's saying here is the righteous, they care even about like an animal. But even the tenderest of mercies from the wicked are cruelness. He that tilleth his land shall be satisfied with bread, but he that followeth vain persons is void of understanding. The wicked desireth the net of evil men, but the root of righteousness yieldeth fruit. The wicked is snared by transgressions of his lips, but the just shall come out of trouble. A man shall be satisfied with good by the fruit of his mouth, and the recompense of a man's hand shall be rendered unto him. The way of a fool is right in his own eyes. But he that hearkeneth unto counsel is wise. A fool's wrath is presently known, but a prudent man overcometh shame. He that speaketh truth showeth forth righteousness, but a false witness deceit. 
There is that speaketh like the piercings of a sword, but the tongue of the wise is health. The lip of truth shall be established forever, but a lying tongue is but for a moment. Deceit is in the heart of them that imagine evil, but to the counselors of peace is joy. There shall no evil happen to the just, but the wicked shall be filled with mischief. Lying lips are an abomination to the Lord, but they that deal truly are his delight. A prudent man concealeth knowledge, but the heart of fools proclaimeth foolishness. The hand of the diligent shall bear rule, but the slothful shall be under tribute. Heaviness in the heart of a man maketh it stoop, but a good word maketh it glad. The righteous is more excellent than his neighbor, but the way of the wicked seduces them. Let's read that again. The righteous is more excellent than his neighbor, but the way of the wicked seduces him. The slothful man roasteth not that which he took in hunting, but the substance of a diligent man is precious. In the way of righteousness is life, and in the pathway thereof there is no death. One thing... That's the end of our Proverbs. One thing the Proverbs talks about a lot, you know, we mentioned that it talks about don't run your mouth. Like, there, you won't find... It seems like every proverb I read, there's at least one verse that talks about how you should keep your mouth shut. Another one that's almost in every single one is the warning against being lazy. It's usually referred to as slothfulness. I like that one verse there. I'm still pondering and still chewing on it. The righteous is more excellent than his neighbor, but the way of the wicked seduces them. This is why it's so important to be careful of what you put before your eyes. Because we live in a world where wickedness and lust is ever begging for your attention. Is always trying to seduce you and draw you away from righteousness and away from God. And not only that, people as well. You are who you surround yourself with. And so if you're constantly surrounding yourself with people who act a certain way, it won't be long, you'll be doing the same thing. It won't be long. You'll be talking the same way. We have to guard ourselves and our spirit. And we surround ourselves with godly people. And we don't allow perversion, a doorway into our heart. That's all I have for you this morning. I pray that you've been blessed and strengthened and encouraged. And uh, I pray that you're drawing closer to God as a result of this podcast and that you're learning. And I just hope it's going forth and completing its mission. Thank you for praying for me and praying for the podcast. Thank you to those of you who supported and make it happen. 
you know, things like this, and this has always been true, and it'll always be true. There's always a large percentage of people who are benefiting from it, but a very, very small percentage of people who support it and prop it up. And that's just always been the case. I've worked in many ministries and and things of that nature, and I've always it's always this small little number of people who are doing all the volunteering to make the thing happen. And there's always a small amount of people who are doing the financial backing to make it happen, and that's just the way it is. And so to those few of you who do do that, thank you so much. Uh, I'm eternally grateful for this amazing opportunity that I've had to do this podcast week after week. All right, that's all I have for you this morning. Peace and grace be with all of you. And until next time, God bless.